everyone, and welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. Um, my name's Dave Rowlands. I'm the editor at B2B Marketing, um, and I'm joined today by Barbara Stewart, who is our hive expert for CX in Propolis. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Propolis is, is our exclusive community of B2B marketers, um, and it's broken into eight hives, um, each hive being a, like a core tenant of, um, of B2B marketing. So CX is one of those, is one such hive, um, and that's why I've brought Barbara along today. So Barbara, how is, um, well, welcome, first of all, and how is Thanks life in the hive? Me. <laughs> how, how is uh, life in the hive, Barbara? It's very good. We're, we're, I think we're starting to get a little bit busy. We've had some chats uh, ch- discussing different platform requirements at the moment from mm-hmm. an advocacy uh, piece. And we have a webinar on the 19th about CX metrics and showcasing the fact that MPS is not the saving uh, the saviour of everything. And there's actually a whole range of metrics. So we'll be chatting through what to use, when to use. And then, yeah, it's it's going very good. It's good. a lot of fun. Glad to hear it. Um, well, thank you for joining us today. Um, as, as, I'm, as you know, we're here to talk about CX. So I think let's just jump straight into the questions. That's why people are here, of course. So um, question one, um, each year B2B Marketing runs something called the Trend Tracker. For anyone who doesn't know, basically, this is a, it's a survey that seeks to understand what specific areas B2B marketers will be focused on in the year ahead. Um, and in the, the most recent version of the trend tracker, customer success, which was a, a completely new entry, never been included before, finished in second place. So it was only just behind growth marketing. So as the propolis expert for our CX Hive, why do you think customer success will be so important in 2021 and beyond? Is it just about reducing churn or is there is there more to it than that unfortunately there's there's just no easy quick silver bullet that will enable b2b organizations to to actually deliver cx and deliver cx that actually delivers for them as well so that's the, the reality is instead companies really have to start thinking about how to deliver total customer experience and by that i mean you have to really address the relationship of both the customers and how you deliver it. And what makes it even more complicated in our our B2B world is we have to create that and deliver that for two different customer experiences. You've got to cater all the needs and priorities of your buyers. And then another requirement is that you have to consider and cater for all the needs and priorities of the user. And although they might be there in the same organization, they don't have the same needs and they don't buy the same and they don't use the same. And the, the, the messaging, the relationship, everything's completely different. So the reality is it's a two-pronged approach. And the re- how to actually make that a success is the customer success team. So sorry, that's a very convoluted, lengthy way to get to it. But if you want to actually deliver successful CX that works for your business and also works for your customers, you need customer success teams. They are vital in enabling that reality to happen. They can understand what the what the buyer's intent was, what they hoped to happen, and then also understand what the user needs the platform for and be the voice of both of those in any organization. So they're really responsible for the ongoing partnership and ensuring the organization is delivering against those golden promises the ones that you make at that moment of sale uh, that don't always uh, come into tuition. 
but then you've also got to understand they've got to understand how to actually optimize the ongoing services and how to help users use the platforms or services to absolutely help them get the best of the capabilities of the skills and services that you provide. Okay, so on that note then, what do you think a great customer success program looks like? What people or processes do you think B2B marketers need to have in place in order to, in order to deliver customer success? Oh, for me, it's, it's a big challenge for marketing to do this alone, to be honest. It's to establish customer success processes and CX you need the whole organization. It, it can't be a department taking this battle. It, it has to be a complete revolution of how a business uh, thinks. So marketers should absolutely lead it, but it's not fair to ask them to do it alone. That is the, the first piece of the, the answer, really. Regarding processes, there's some straightforward things that any business can do and start doing straight away. What great uh, customer success uh, businesses have they have a clear and living customer experience vision and that's being shared across the whole company everybody understands what the vision is and I'm not talking about a brand vision or a, or a business vision this is how you're going to deliver customer experience what is the value exchange that you're going to deliver as a business then which is the hard thing, you're really going to have to now understand who your customers are. What are their needs and what are their expectations when they're considering purchasing from you or using your services? Then you've got to try and work and create a single customer view. That's really challenging. You know, I say that and it sounds like it's such a simple thing. I understand. It's not simple. You know, we have to focus on trying to unify data across the whole internal systems. We've got to capture every customer activity. And then we've got to use that information to seamlessly engage with customers across all the touch points. It sounds perfect, but it's hard to do. So that's a big challenge. But the customer success teams can really help you with that. Then we've got to think about articulating the CX strategies. They can't just live in marketing teams, they've got to live across the whole business. So make sure that you're sharing them and training staff on those internally and build a culture that really wants to listen to customers. Don't just listen to the nice pieces. Don't just listen to the, the compliments, but a culture that really wants to listen and act on what customers and potential customers or customers who have left you, what they're really telling you. Uh, the other piece is very much ensure that your employees feel that they're understood and that they have a an empowerment process. They know what to do and how to do it. I hope yeah. that helps. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if there was more. There was so much advice there. I was like, oh, um, yeah, no. So that's that's all really good stuff. So thanks for that. I wonder if we go a little bit more specific, um, you know, for listeners that perhaps don't have a customer success function in place. That obviously, you know, they want to, they, they realize the importance of it. What steps can they take today to get things, you know, on the right track? I'm going to very much live in the word today. I'm going to tell you, chat you through some ideas that are any company can do instantly and any company can do without spending lots of money because let's face it, none of us want to spend money. We don't have to. So the first thing is go and look at your content 
the content that you have that is consumer face, sorry, customer facing, review it. Go and actually review it and look at how often you actually talk about your features, your features of your product or your features of your service. Shockingly, you'll refer to your features a lot. You've got to rewrite them. Customers don't buy things based on features. They buy them based on the benefit that is given to them. So you've got to look at your content and think, is that an internally focused feature? What does that actually mean to a potential customer? What's in it for me moment? That's what you got to keep thinking and rewrite it. Rewrite it so it's benefit focused. You're thinking about what is that benefit, the true genuine benefit that you're going to give them. The easier one is even listen to your customers. The really upset ones are the ones that you want to actually go and find. The ones that are vocalizing their anger, their information is absolutely golden. They are acting deliberately to try and get you to help them solve a problem. So go and listen and act on how to solve the, go to the actual cause, not just the symptoms. Whatever someone's saying at the start, it's not really what it is. So ask them open-ended questions, ask them questions that really help you find out what is the true cause, what is in your product or service that is causing them this frustration. And then do something about it and tell them, even if these are customers who leave you, it doesn't matter. They're still giving you an opportunity to get really good insight really fast. Another good way is look at your, for actually considering how to support your customer retention and reduce your churn, go and review your service level agreements. Make sure that you're actually tracking against your service level agreements and ensure that what you've said you're going to do, you're doing. So there are a few things. Um, there's lots more, obviously, but I think I, they're good starters for 10. Yeah, I'm sure that, like you say, that those are things people can do today. And that's that's the, the key, just getting it started. Um, so, of, of course, customer success is it, it comes under the much broader umbrella of customer experience as a whole. So, you know, on that note, what do you think great CX looks like? Not just in terms of the end result. I you know, did the customer sign on the, on the dotted line again. But what are buyers really looking for and how can marketers help deliver this? Whether it's B2B or B2C, when it comes to CX, every single function, every employee, every representative on every channel platform, they all have a role to play in delivering good experience. We have a a saying in CX that it takes a whole village to deliver good CX. That's really, if you can understand that and change your approach to really start bringing CX as not a marketing tactic, but really understanding that it's a way to have a, a culture. Really, it's a it's a mindset shift. It's a business approach. Then you're already off to a great start. So yes, you know we can have one team managing and one team reporting, and that should usually be the marketing department. Sometimes it doesn't make sense based on a business model, but really to deliver. To deliver excellence, it comes from every single moving part of your organization working to, to together to really deliver great experiences. So you have to build a great customer-centric culture to deliver on your CX strategy. 
and it has to start at the top. If you task a CMO with doing this, that's not fair. You're setting them up for failure. It has to be a top down, enabled and then supported to create a bottom up approach. Some of the ways to which when once you have that in place, the the ways to succeed are very much you've got to plan out each stage of the customer journey, whether you want to or not. I know customer journey mapping is hard and I know most people try to avoid it if they can, but it's critical. It's absolutely critical to improving the customer experience. And it's I know it's a challenge because within B2B, we don't always have access to the whole experience. But it's a reality that we need to start doing. Even if there's a, a gap of knowledge, we've still got to try to understand it. We've got to reduce the effort customers take to be successful. The, the, they are going to get frustrated each time that they have to do an, an additional piece of effort that they didn't expect. So if you want to be CX oriented, if you want to understand what excellence looks like, reduce the effort, make it so much, make your solutions so much easier for customers to actually do whatever mission they were on, you make it easy for them to achieve that. And that's really supported by that, what we always refer to as the removing friction from your process. You know, removing friction from the sales cycle, it's so vital for B2B companies, you know, make it easy. Take away anything that might stop them in their tracks and basically convince them to go elsewhere. So be really honest when you're looking at your journeys, when you're looking at all your engagements, when you're looking at all of your comms. Is this focus on understanding your your customer, what it's really genuinely like to be them, to go through this process? Are you making it easy or are you constantly adding a problem to them? And then recognize that your your CX initiatives, they are not going to have a one-to-one ROI. Some of this takes a long time to actually see the change. Now, CX done properly does reward, and it rewards so significantly, but it's not straightforward. So you have to ensure that you're putting together a, a series of metrics, that you're seeing qualitative and quantitative as success as well because you absolutely it should deliver return on investment absolutely you know there is no point doing it unless it does but it's really a focus on how you see the success you know look at it from an employee point of view and a customer point of view and then humanize the customer experience you know we are emotional driven that that is what who and what we are we aren't a B2B person and then a B2C person. We are, each and every one of us, just human beings. And human beings want to have a humanized experience. That's what we want. So whenever you, uh, somebody is in the process of buying and they might be in procurement, they suddenly don't become somebody else. They're still themselves. So no matter what, you've really got to think, Am I making sure that I understand the person's emotions at this point? Am I making this a good interaction? Are they having success? Or does this feel one step too far removed? You know, especially as we're bringing all the gadgets, all the automations in, there's certain moments that shouldn't, they they need to have personal interactions. 
your staff and your customers in key moments absolutely need to have a connection with each other and keep having that connection. And again, that is why customer success teams are so vital because they can bring that human touch. Yeah. So clearly, like as, as you've just pointed out, customer success and CX more generally are, are clearly really important to any organization. But, you know, so many organizations don't have these these functions and processes in place, um, even though some of them seem, you know, quite, quite obvious, you know, like humanize the customer experience, take barriers out of the way. So, you know, from the outside, to me, it seems that marketers are generally, you know, generally speaking, are in the best place to take ownership of CX. Um, but yet not all of them are, are doing that. Would you say that's accurate? I, I can understand why a lot of people aren't taking it on. You know, customer experience, it's not easy. It's a, it's, it's a completely different approach to, to a whole business uh, model. You know, you... This isn't a, a simple campaign or an initiative or a program that you run for 18 months and that's it. You know, mm. it's very challenging. The The biggest problem is actually, you know, B2B marketing, B2, running B2B businesses, it's a minefield. It's challenging. But the reality is a lot of organizations, the way they approach CX is actually accidentally undermining their whole efforts. And I think they try something, it doesn't give them the success they instantly feel want to experience and they give up or they get stuck in the strategy piece and don't move on. So very often, a lot of organizations, they get really excited, they, you know, bring in consultants or they get somebody in um, a new a new team and they are ready to embark on their journey. They're really excited they spend a huge amount of time understanding all the strategic exercises that go into CX and design thinking, doing their journey mapping, and they have a huge amount of documents. I mean, huge amounts of documents that live on the server. And that's great. That's absolutely required. You do need to do a lot of these tasks. But by doing them by themselves and doing them in complexity to such a great you know, level of detail, it doesn't always, it it works against you sometimes. That That's the reality, you know, doing all of this hard work and pontificating probably a little bit too long, it impacts your, your business performance, performance, sorry. Driving the improvements, drive, trying to produce the results, it's really hard. It only really it works. CX is not a, a strategic approach it's action cx is all in the action so you have to leave the, behind the blue sky strategic thinking you have to roll up your sleeves and you have to get dirty you have to get into the detail you have to make mistakes and you have to build it as you go along you really can't just decide you're going to do cx create a strategy and then do it all at once it's bit by bit each small step makes such a difference along the way you just don't always see it straight away how you actually go by getting your sleeves rolled up and, and doing is once you've got your strategy and it, it doesn't have to be perfect you know you can change it and evolve it as it, you go along but once you've got something once you're ready to act prioritize and determine exactly what initiatives you're going to undertake 
then create a detailed action plan. Specify who in the teams and whether they are marketing team specific or you're going to create co-department. Who is going to do it? How are they going to do it? And when are they going to do it? And then mobilize and manage the resources correctly. That's the best way to do it. It's painful. CX, I, I wish I could tell you something otherwise. It's painful. It's tough. But where the focus needs really to be in creating and delivering, that's if you do that, you will increase. You will drive your company's performance. It's not a strategic approach. It's a doing approach. Yeah. And to all of our um, our listeners out there, you have been warned. Um, it's not going to be easy. So, no. uh, but, but crucial, like you point out, you know, it's not something people can afford to, um, to, to, you know, not face. Um, so uh, all organizations and industries, they obviously have their, their different peculiarities and, you know, customers um, in, in these different industries might, might expect or want slightly different things from, from, from B2B organizations. So am I right in thinking that marketers will need to do some research on what their customers actually want and therefore how they can deliver great CX. How can marketers carry out this research in the first place and then turn that into a great CX plan? Yeah, to be customer-centric means to listen to your customers and incorporate their needs into your products and service offering. That means finding and tapping into all these really rich sources of real-time intel that go beyond the predictive insights or the dreaded MPS survey. As you can probably guess, I'm not the the lover of MPS, apologies. But really, there's so much opportunity nowadays to find good customer insights. You've got to find them and you've got to actually utilize them, track them and do everything that you can to eliminate the friction. Wherever the insight is telling you there's friction, go and resolve it. Now, I don't. I don't spend six months a year looking at data. I work from a CX agile methodology and design thinking. So I like to get data. I like to interpret it fast. And then I like to do lots of MB, MVP. So lots of testing, creating hypotheses, testing it rather than spending six months of really understanding the insights deeply. I don't like to spend lots of time really just looking at data I want to listen to people you know for me it's all about getting to know your customers talking to them talking to them on a daily basis again why customer success teams are so helpful you know when you talk to them when you get this insight and you get this data there's there's some really interesting fun practical perspectives that you know that you can actually go and change and evolve really fast and by doing any one of these that I'll take you through, they they change everything. You can see differences so fast. Now, they're not massive differences, but by doing some of the tactical pieces, it really helps you bring insight to life at rapid speed. I mean, the, the simplest one is, you know, developing personas. Very often companies have personas now. Usually what they, they refer to is the media channel personas. You know, the me, your media agencies, if you have them, might have created some personas. And that's going to be your social demographic data along with your media consumption data. That's, that's not 
that's not their persona. You know, if you want to get to know somebody, that's not the information you get to know them to become a friend. What you want to do is understand their behavior, you know, understand what their challenges are. What are their goals? What are their motivations? And create point of view statements to go along with your personas. Really know your personas. Don't have pieces of data. Have insights. Have an, you know, you have to read a persona and you can picture them truly. You can understand what they do in given moments because that persona is so rich. The, the best way to build personas, in my opinion, obviously there's multiple stages to them, but you want to get insights, conduct job-to-be-done interviews. Job-to-be-done interviews are a methodology of UX, of which UX lives in CX. UX is part of CX. Sorry for all those acronyms. But that's the reality. The job-to-be-done interviews are amazing frameworks. We don't do focus groups and ask people to tell us why they do something. We go and try and find out what mission are they on what goal do they want to achieve? What is it? Not just our direct competitors. Who else are we actually competing with? By following, and it's a really structured approach um, to do job to be done interviews. It's a podcast all on its own, to be honest. But it's it very much gets you to the point of really understanding your customers at rapid pace. I highly recommend it. Once you actually know what your who your customers are and what they want. Do the customer journey maps with them. You know, in B2B, customer journey maps can be incredibly challenging. You know, we have a very complex network. We don't always have all the information. So very often, I create the, the journeys with customers. They, they come into the room at specific times and they help us. Now, if you're wondering how on earth do, do you do that, there's that we actually hosted a webinar last month about that. So on Propolis, there's actually a step-by-step guide if you want to, to go and watch it and have a look. And it will you could watch this 45-minute webinar or read, read the presentation, and the next day you could actually carry out the workshops. It's that straightforward. Then review your customer feedback. If all of those other pieces that you feel like that's going to take me too much time, Go and listen to what your customers are actually saying and don't look at the positive feedback. Don't. That, that's lovely. Everybody lo- likes the positive. But go and, li- go and listen or look at the negatives, the disappointments, the hesitations. Think about those people, th- those moments. Go and deep dive the issues. Get other people in the room. Get your teams. Get, you know, co-creating from your HR team to your finance team to your customer success team to your customer service team to your marketing to your sales. Get them in a room and really deep dive. What is the issue? What's the root cause of that? And then work to rectify it. And as you're working to rectify it, tell those upset customers that their feedback made a difference, that you listened to them, that you're grateful that they actually took the time to tell you their frustration. I could give you one piece of advice that if you don't listen to anything else on this podcast, pick up your phone and chat with your customers. You know, how many people in your C-suite have joined your business and they've never actually lifted a phone and chatted their customer? Just by asking questions and processing the answers, you're going to get to know things that you would not otherwise know. If you want to drive customer loyalty and drive revenue, talk 
to your customers. So loads of great advice there. Thank you, <laughs> thank you Barbara. Um, I guess, on, so on the flip side of that, though, there must be uh, just classic mistakes you see time and time and time again when it comes to CX. You know, what do you think those are? Like, what, what problems do you see uh, marketers just making over and over again? The great thing about CX is we're very, very open. We we don't hide the fact that we're all learning as we go along because customer needs evolve constantly. So we have to evolve constantly. We have to be learning. We cannot ever make assumptions that we know everything because we don't. So I would say the biggest mistake that people or organizations and or really they treat CX functionally. They don't treat it as a business priority, but as a marketing tactic. So the CMO might be told that their task is to, to do CX. You know, we know all the statistics. We know everybody's allegedly being CX orientated. So the CMO has now been told that they're going to do CX. That's I mean, you're literally going to fail. You're going to spend a lot of money. You're probably going to get charged a lot of money by some consultants and you're going to fail miserably and it's going to be detrimental. To succeed, CX has to be a business strategy. It has to be a priority in all business departments. Now, the reality is marketing will lead it and they are great at doing it and they want to be empowered to do this. But the C-suite has to have their back. They have to support them because this is a lot of change. Now, a lot of greatness comes out of this transformation, but it's it's a transformation. So before you get, if, if you've already got the buy-in, if everyone's ready for that challenge, I would say there's, there's about seven or eight things that we all have done. I have been part of or watched it happen. And anyone who's gone through the transformation would very quickly go to this list it's very much if you attempt to deliver cx without having a cx vision it's going to confuse everybody in the company and you're not really going to know what exactly you're doing and why you're doing it so it gets diluted down incredibly fast creating a cx vision is actually really really simple it's it's shockingly simple and just to be just to be one of those awkward people i'm probably going to write a, an article on how to do it in the in the coming weeks on Propolis. So any Propolis members, watch out. I'll, I'll be giving you the the process to do. But it, it's very simple. But it, you have to have it. Another piece is employee experience. So often we just think the CX is is about our customers. You cannot have sec- successful CX without EX employee experience. It, it feels. Because the reality is no matter whatever strategic approach and focus you have, your customers come into action with your employees. If your employees are not listened to, they're not supported, they, they're not part of this process, every single one of them, then they're not going to create great CX. You're not setting them up for success. Then another is improving analytics people see that and say yes it's it's one of the things we absolutely need to do you've got to do it as a top priority it has to be top of your list you know you create your vision you create your strategy get your analytics understand how to improve them 
I know they're never going to be perfect, but try to work as hard as you can to make your analytics work for you. Then the big, the big one that is easy to stop instantly. We take on too much at once. That's the reality. We focus on so many things. We take a whole transformation that might take several years and we try to bottle it into six months. It's okay to take your time to become CX. You know, there's actually about six, six or seven stages of maturity. Don't try to jump to the seventh straight away. There's only a handful of businesses in the world that are there. So don't beat yourself up as you go along your journey. You're making improvements constantly and you are migrating through the different phases. But, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. If you want to know why Amazon has such a great CX, Bezos, he he, he made that his life. That, that was the beginning of Amazon. Go back to read any article. He talks about it at the start, not halfway through, not at the end. He deliberately set up his business to be a CX business. So don't think that you need to be like Amazon straight away. You know, and then take on, taking out the human is a big mistake. You know, everybody keeps confusing CX and DX and digital transformations. Technology is amazing. Technology is helping us so much. Automation is fantastic when used as a tool at the right time. But if you take out that human interaction, if you make everything robotic, it's not creating, it's creating cost efficiencies, but it's not creating a frictionless experience. It's actually creating more friction. So you need to understand when are the moments that I can bring automation in and technology? When are those really rich moments that we need somebody in a room? People need to look into each other's eyes. You need to know when each one is needed and not just keep throwing technology for technology's sake. Yeah, so th- those are, like you say, the, the mistakes you're seeing time and time and time again. So anyone who's listening, please um, <laughs> you know, be on the lookout, make sure you don't fall into that category. Um, but on, on the flip side of that, are there any instances where you've seen you know, the introduction of optimization of a, of a CX function really take an organization's success up a level? I'm incredibly excited and I'm really enjoying how pharma healthcare the industry is actually taking on CX and PX as they refer to it, which is patient experience. B2B is a really it's a challenging world that we live in. We know that it's not the same as B2Z and CX in B2B is very different. Now, there is no excuse for any business to say that they can't do CX if pharma healthcare can do it. Because what you have to face on a daily basis is nothing compared to them. They have compliance. They have extremely complex ecosystems. Their go-to-market models are very um, complex. They have seriously outdated legacy infrastructures, and they are taking on CX. You know, I'm working across probably four or five different businesses within that, that field, and they're taking on three to five year transformation programs. They're really trying to do it from a global, a regional, a local perspective. And it's hard, but they are trying. And you have to admire that. You know, they're doing, they're taking small steps, but they're genuinely 
revolutionized in the way that they go to market and put in customers first. Now, the reason I love that is I know how hard that is. That's, that's you know, B2B to the extreme because it's B2B to C and it's everything in between. And they they don't have a lot of information about the, the end user. It's a complete black hole at times, you know, and things. But the, the fact is they're trying, they're doing it, and they're working hard. They accept that mistakes are being made in their CEX strategies, but they're improving them. They're sitting, they're creating co-creation teams. They're getting all different specialists into rooms. They're creating programs and initiatives to actually do proper genuine CX and for me that I'm so impressed by that I'm in admiration because they're going to improve so many people's lives at some point every one of us is probably going to be a patient of which at least they're they're working hard to do it and for me yeah there's so much opportunity there that whole industry is only in the beginning of their journey but it's an amazing journey I'm very excited to, to watch it and I think the rest of the industries can actually look at that and try to, you know, take some of that mindset approach, take some of the the energy that they're doing, some of the lessons they're learning and apply it because it's easier for us. We don't live in their world. So if they're doing it in that complexity, we can do it. Yeah. So, I mean... I appreciate you. <laughs> you couldn't quite answer the original question, but arguably the answer was even more valuable. So pharma and healthcare are the, uh, the gold standard, so to speak. Um, well, the gold standard for trying, I'd say yeah. they are, you know, they, they are definitely not even close. I mean, look at their digital experience. They're, they're awful at the moment. and None of them would mind me saying that. But what's going on behind the scenes at the moment is exciting. And, but it's not to be seen fully yet. Watch okay. this space. <laughs> yeah. Watch this space then, like you say. Okay, so this um this next question then, I mean, arguably this could require a full report to answer. I'm not quite sure. But what do you think CX looks like in ABM compared to traditional marketing strategies? Does it look completely different um, or is it largely the same thing? For me, and I, I don't want to speak on behalf of all of the CX practitioners in the world. For me, CX and ABM, they're completely interlinked. ABM, I feel, sits within CX. It's probably one of the first big steps that the B2B world really started to think about, you know, probably 20 years ago, maybe 15, and really started to set take on CX without realizing, you know, they knew something was broke and they needed to find a solution. And there was ABM. To me, that was an incredibly smart move. And for me, ABM and customer success teams, they are living embodiments of CX. You know, if someone says they don't do CX, but they have ABM, I'm like, well, you're, you're on your way. You're, you're doing it in part, you know, traditional marketing let's be honest, you know, demand generation tactics, they basically, that that approach is we cast a big wide net in the hopes of we catch the right fish. We're just going to do standard inbound marketing. Yeah, that's, that's the reality. We're going to attract people to the site, you know, send out broadcast, drive its mass awareness, get someone to fill out a form, nurture them with some automated emails, and then identify the target companies. That that's really the standard inbound marketing. ABM, it switches it. You know, the reality is 
we switched the whole solution in by marketing funnel. We, we took it and we flipped it on its head. And it was very much for ABM. It's we identify the target companies. We engage with them in a personalized campaign. We build lasting relationships that lead to new opportunities. Now, if I was a CEO, I can tell you that I instantly understand which one is the better one for driving long-term customer relationship, increasing customer lifetime value. Account-based marketing is the approach whereby they want to be focused on conversations. They want to have research. It's all about knowing customers or knowing your potential customers. Having adaptability and being able to listen, it's not about having a combination of pragmatic or pro, sorry, programmatic software and artificial intelligence. That's not ABM. ABM is about getting to know your potential customers and really understanding what they need and delivering it. To, to me, how is that not CX? So, you know, it it's ABM and CX, it, it really represents a pivot away. It, it, it's moving away from managing leads and looking at accounts holistically, understanding your the accounts' needs and motivated, motivated, and being motivated. Sorry, by building relationships and partnerships. That's you know, as soon as you think about it from an account point of view, seeing people as leads. I mean, it, we behave a certain way. We behave robotic when we think about leads. That's not a lead. That's a person. They have a specific need. The minute you start thinking like that, it changes your approach. So being account focused really helps you understand where you need to concentrate and prioritize effort when it comes to your customers. That's that's what ABM helps. That's what customer success helps. So the these emerging roles, they, they really have helped build proper relationships. And with having proper relationships with your customers and potential customers, you achieve growth and stability of accounts. That that's what you get from it. It's it's that approach, easy customer experience approach to marketing. You might not do all of the strategic approaches, but you are doing CX to some degree. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, all spot on, really. I mean, I, I can't really disagree with any of that. Um, thanks for your time um, today, Barbara. I think we're, we're sort of coming up to near the end of our time today. Um, I, I just wonder if, if you, as a final as a final question, um, if you really had to narrow it down, and I appreciate that might be difficult, what's your one piece of advice for anyone really looking to improve their CX efforts this year? Knowing more and more about our customers is actually overwhelming businesses. Mm. The, the data has proved it time and time again. So what you really need to focus on is the progress that your customer is trying to make in any in a given circumstance. What is the customer hoping to accomplish? If you know that and you focus on it and set up set your business approach to that, you're setting yourself up for success. So my advice would be your starting point should be how does this create value for the customer? So what actually works is meeting the needs of the customer better than anyone else. How you do that is you start by thinking about them. It's that simple. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a great place to leave it. So, everyone listening, what you know, how does your you know how does this create value for the customer? That's the, that's the key 
the key thread throughout all of this. Um, Barbara, thank you very much for your time today. Um, that kind of brings us to the end of the podcast. I should say, um, for anyone uh, for anyone listening, um, if you want to find out any more of our podcast, please just head to www.b2bmarketing.net forward slash podcasts. Um, Barbara, if people want to hear more from you, where can they where can they find you? Um, I'm on in LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. You can contact me anytime. You can even find me on the B2B Marketing LinkedIn group. I'm there. I'm in Propolis, always writing blogs and chatting with anyone who wants to talk CX. But I, I, I just, I love this topic. You know, anything I can do that gives practical advice to anyone who wants to get going on CX, message me, email me, send me an email on my B2B marketing email. Um, ask me a question, whatever it is, we can get this solved. Thank you very much. Um, Barbara, like I say, it's been a pleasure today um, and hope to speak to you again soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Thanks, David.